So when I'm not behind the mic here at the podcast, I teach college, and I've always done this, but in my classes, I try to keep things current and reflective of the general mood of the modern age, which I think sounds reasonable, right? Anyway, the other day, I was having coffee with a colleague of mine right before we were both headed to class, and I was like, hey, what are you teaching today? And he goes, oh, well, today we're looking at the gender identity roles and as you like it, and we're examining the veracity of deception and how injustice and forgiveness are set against a pastoral backdrop. How about you? And I was like, oh, uh, we're going to be listening to the diss track Kanye wrote about Pete Davidson. (laughs) And I haven't seen him since. It's been like two weeks and he's avoiding me because I think he thinks I'm an idiot. I'm Alex Green. And this is Stereo Embers, the podcast. Check this out. That is the music of my guest today on the program, Keely Forsyth. Let me tell you a little bit about Keely Forsyth. Keely Forsyth's new album, Limbs, is powerful and raw, dramatic and intense. It's the sound of one woman shadowboxing the darkness and throwing each punch with the fluidity of a ballet dancer and the finesse of a poet. But in spite of all of its theatrical elegance, Limbs is both spare and lavish. It's a compelling song cycle that's as crushing as it is inspiring. Putting it simply, it's a stunning stare down with the darkness. And I'm not going to tell you who blinks first. But what I am going to tell you is this album, which is the follow-up to her 2020 debut, Debris, is tragic, gripping, and transfixing. It's an emotional workout for sure, and one that's well worth doing. An accomplished actor who has appeared in Happy Valley, Coronation Street, and Luther, the British-born Forsyth is one of the most mesmerizing artists out there. So let's meet her, shall we? Here we go. Me and Keely Forsyth having a conversation right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast.
thank you for having me. Yeah, it was really nice. I really appreciate it. Oh, of course, of course. And a warm hello from the Bay Area. Yes, and a very dark, dull hello from Yorkshire. (laughs) (laughs) I think everything checks. It all all checks out. Um, Have you spent any time in California? Um, I have. I spent some time um, in the Big Sur. Um, and where did I go? Gosh, I was pregnant with my first child, so this was a long time ago. Um, San Francisco, um, I meant to drive down to LA, but I just kind of stopped at Big Sur because I was just, I mean, you know, I'm sure that happens to everyone. Yeah. Yeah, I got caught, um, rightly so, in the beauty of the whole thing. And yeah, so it's one of my ambitions to, to go back. I would urge you to keep stopping because Big Sur is the most beautiful place on earth. It's just, oh my gosh. I know. Yeah, it's so funny because it's like, it's almost like I kind of knew the place existed even before I went there, just because there is an element of like when you're a human and you, you go to these places which feel like home and feel peaceful. And it is that, it's that place even before I knew it was there. And it, it, so there's a kind of, there's a state of recognition, weirdly, I think. Um, I always, yeah, and I also wonder about like when I go places, I always as soon as I get there, I go, oh, this is the place I was always meant to be. I'm going to I'm going to plant my flag here for a long yeah, time. I always yeah. feel that way. Yeah, it's nice to do that, you know. Yeah, it's good to feel that we have flags to plant. Yes, um. <laughs> it is. If you're going to plant your flag at Big Sur, you could you could do much worse. Yeah, so that's um, yeah. And the sun is shining where you are. Um, and it's yeah. Friday. No, it's Saturday for you, is it? It's Friday for us, and it's, it's Friday, late Friday sorry. for you, yeah, right? So confused. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're not the other side. You're. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's Friday night. <clears throat> I've al- already had my Friday night glass of wine. So, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> well, thank you for spending your Friday night with me. I appreciate that. No, um, thank you. I was thinking so much about. We talk about like atmosphere. We talk about Big Sur and how beautiful it is, and I. And I I wrote my first book on the Stone Roses, and I so I studied a lot about Manchester, which I know you grew up. There yeah. About, right. Yeah, yeah. And I, I know that whole Britpop thing didn't catch fire for you at all, but I was thinking about like the more industrial version of Manchester, the Joy Division stuff, the stuff they were thinking about, the industrial darkness that seemed to resonate with you, right, in terms of your aesthetic. Yeah, I mean, it was only as I got older, I I realized that because kind of at the time growing up, I was very much, um, yeah, we we just use what we what we, you know, I I reduced my inspirations down to a very few things. And it was usually amazing voices like, um, um, yeah, Judy Garland. And I grew up with my grand. So there was old, old black and white films playing. So it's very much just about that. And I didn't really venture beyond that when I was growing up um but it's just as I've got older you kind of yeah you you accept that actually um an environment does make you and there is something very industrial in the sound that I am always drawn to and yeah and I love Joy Division's work I think I stayed clear of his stuff for a while because I really didn't want to go down that path of assuming that in order to make work that means something to people you had to kind of suffer yourself I think I was really aware that I yeah for me it was always about a self-development and and 
um, because at times my mental state as everyone's is so kind of um, fragile that I just wanted to keep it in a place where I knew you know that if I would get caught up in someone else's state of mind I might have lost my own so but as I've got older and a bit more stable I can really enjoy these different artists who've expressed stuff from you know from feeling whatever but um that was a long run. Sorry, Alex. <laughs> no, no, please. And and that's I think that's going to happen anyway, right? Like if it's if it's Nick Cave, if it's I don't know, if it's Brecht, if it's if it's someone funny, even I'm yeah. all the dark stuff. But even the funny stuff, I think you still get caught up in the personality of the crew. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <clears throat> yeah, and that's the nice. Yeah, that is the nice thing. Yeah, that is a nice thing about it. We are kind of malleable beings that you know we're supposed to kind of adapt and take on other people's um yeah other people's mindset if it makes us feel a bit more part of the group or accepted um but but yeah i do feel very fortunate to come from manchester but it's something that i've loved as i've got older um yeah and now i kind of live not that far from manchester having Wanting to be away for such a long time, life kind of has brought me back in the, yeah, in the kind of peripheral of it. So I'm having to accept roots and um, and spending a lot of time at the moors, which is the landscape around Manchester. Um, yeah, which really does mean a lot to me. When I was researching the book on the roses, I remember thinking like, I wonder who else is from Manchester. And then after a little bit of, of poking around, I remember thinking, who isn't from Manchester? There's so much creativity in that city. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it really is. Um, yeah, I don't know whether it's just a kind of um, a, a wave that happens, but yeah, there is. It, it does feel like that. Where are you originally from? I'm originally from Marin County, so like just outside of San Francisco. Oh, okay, okay. And how was it there? Um, for you growing up kind of with, you know, did you get instantly, did you feel the creativity of being close to San Francisco or is it something you had to go back to? I think it was a very creative community. And so, um, and also the weather kind of makes you sort of parentally upbeat. I think. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah. I was, I was teasing Kevin Haskins from Bauhaus. I said, if you guys were from LA, you wouldn't have sounded like Bauhaus. <laughs> 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 and he, he agreed. Um, <laughs> But I always was attracted to the darker stuff. So it's interesting to mm. say that you kind of avoided Joy Division, um, but you were attracted to the darker work, Joy Division notwithstanding, right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, I think just because as I, yeah, as I started to kind of, um, yeah, my own self-development brought in all that stuff, you know, the kind of, when you have to face a loss within yourself, it creates a gap. The gap feels like it's dark. You kind of then enter this world of where you want to collect to the sounds and people that, um, that you know, yeah, that you might find some similarity in. Um, yeah, even with the friends that I have, I mean, all my friends are very wonderful, interesting, creative people, but they all have a slight, we're all kind of walking on an, you know, an edge. <laughs> but, <laughs> yep, I get it. Um, <laughs> so yeah I, maybe and so it's the same with yeah with the music that that I make um although I, I I do yeah I do kind of make it from a character's point of view 
so it so it's um it's definitely a place where i can put all that darkness or i don't know just experience and not have to then you know live it as much i suppose yeah because i was going to ask you if the intensity of the work because you're a very upbeat lovely person but the work can be dark <laughs> right and I, yeah. I struggle with that myself in my own work um and i think that so i was going to ask how you separate the in, the intensity of what you do with your normal life as a person in the world yeah well i i really like the i <clears throat> yeah and it just made me think of the town that i grew up in actually it was a very it was a it's a town that is um it's cotton mills and it's very kind of factory as the work ethic you clock in and you clock out and I, <clears throat> although i don't believe in that kind of system but I, yeah, I like to put those constraints on myself creatively sometimes, like it is, it's work that I do, and <clears throat> I have a studio, and I come to work, and I make, and I do it every day, um, and I'm really committed to it, and it feels truthful, I'm not making anything up, it's absolute truth, but it is work, and then when I, and I like to have a good ethic behind that, and then I clock out, I mean clock out, but you know, and then, I, yeah, and then yeah. I, and then I leave. And um, yeah, and that's, and it, it just makes me feel better about myself. I think as well, years of being an actress, I never quite knew when I was working or not. And actually now um, I've given myself permission to, yeah, to see it as this is, yeah, this is my job and I, and I really love to do it. But I definitely, it, you know, I'm also as a human being interested in being a good, healthy person constantly. And that's really important to me. And I also get to feel all these other senses and sensations, which are darker and lighter. But, <clears throat> you know, I like to wrap it up as work because then it makes me take it seriously. So you're incredibly well boundaried in terms of the art because, you, you know, you have to be somebody's mom, right? You have to, you can't yes. explain to your kids that like, I'm sorry, I'm in my industrial Brechtian <laughs> moment. Like you can't explain that to a kid. They don't, that's, that's not for them to bother with. Um, you know, they want to get fed and they want to have attention and they want to talk to you and that's not their agenda. And so have you found it being well boundaried allows you that freedom to move between those two worlds in an, in an effortless kind of way. Yeah, I think so. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know if, yeah, you would agree, but um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it has. And I think it's, um, you know, I'm in my, I'm in my forties and I don't get impressed by anything, especially anything I do. It's just, you know, so there's no time to think, oh, this really needs my, even for the work that I do, this really needs my attention. This is really important. It doesn't feel important. It actually, when I was bringing the first <clears throat> album out and, and I really wanted, I had a conversation with a label where I really wanted to call the album Nothing by Nobody because it really felt, <laughs> it really felt that that was basically where I was at. It was just, it didn't mean anything. And 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 I don't mean any, I, I, but in in that same way, there's such like there's such beauty there. This and and that's what it is. It's just not, yeah. My, <clears throat> you know, my kids are wandering around the house at the moment, and they've just had some, yeah, crazy screaming arguments, which you know is really good preparation for this podcast. <laughs> exactly. So. Um, <laughs> 
yeah and so that yeah but then being with you talking now I feel so present than I would have done in my 20s um so maybe those about that's what the boundaries are about um yeah and it really doesn't matter if, if if I lost everything tomorrow I've already been in that place you know like life experience gives you <clears throat> so it's okay that's a perspective. And by the way, the fight couldn't have been that bad because only one glass of wine. If it was a couple of glasses <laughs> of wine. <laughs> well, no, it's only because I made the mistake of buying one of those little bottles because okay. I just, I mean. <laughs> Buy a bigger yeah. bottle, Keely. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I'm telling you, yeah. I, I like what you're saying because I, I think that the work is, the art is important, right? And I, I travel two lines. I'm a writer, but I'm also a professor, yeah. right? And so, yeah. and I feel like the work is important from a mental health standpoint. It really feels so good to do it. I also recognize when I don't want to do it because I don't want to enter that space because it's too intense for me. Have you, yeah. have you had that happen to you as well? <clears throat> well, uh, not not so actually, but um yeah, it's usually my life kind of feels like I don't want to enter it. It's too intense. And I just then, because um, when I, yeah, when I was doing a bit of touring before um, lockdown and everything, um, when I would have times where I felt that I needed some self-care, but it just wasn't happening and I felt a little bit um, vulnerable, I would go on stage and it would be, <clears throat> yeah, that would be really good for my mental health. And I couldn't understand why how that suddenly that has kind of changed because I was never like that um but yeah but yeah I was having a conversation with my um eldest child just like last night and it's just about yeah trying to know understand the signs what it is like the signs of anything like good mental health or anything you've got to just kind of be really honest with it understand the signs what it is that oh okay when this happens when I feel like this it's usually a symptom of, or, you know, it's a sign that I'm, things are going well or they're not, and you can adjust your behavior accordingly. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, but I really, I really love singing and making the music and I feel like I've waited such a long time to do it. So I'm still in that, um, yeah, I'm still in that honeymoon phase, I think. It's not a bad place to be. It's a, it's nice, right? Yeah, I'm glad that was on tape. I'm glad that's been recorded. Because it was, ne you know, never to be said again, in truth. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's, but I there, know what you mean. You know what I mean? Like, because there yeah. is, there, there is an urgency also to creativity where you feel like this thing is happening. I need to express it. I need to get it out there. Um, and that's important. That is important yeah. in terms of self-expression. What you're saying is the importance of, from a capitalistic standpoint, from a standpoint of commodifying it, that doesn't concern you. No, no. And, and like with you, do you feel that, like, some, that sometimes you turn to, I mean, obviously, the, the, but do they feel like they are different forms of expression, writing and making music and do they instigate, it's like when you are feeling a certain thing, do they instigate, one instigate, you need to do one to soothe something or I'm not making sense, but. You are, no, I get it, yeah. yes, and the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah no that's yeah. yeah that's interesting yeah that it is a direct response and you kind of go okay i need to write or oh, this this needs to be said through words or this needs to be said through music or yeah i do feel that way and i also feel like you're talking about the sort of the gestation period between when you actually decided to put voice to tape and make your first album it, it took a long time right it, it, you you didn't do it until a later period in your life and I do think that there's the the nice thing about getting older short list but <laughs> <laughs> yeah one of the nice things <laughs> is I think that you you it's like you had you done this at 20 like, how do you think that would have fared? Don't you think that you're more poised and balanced and ready to do this than you than you might have been at 19 or 20? Yeah, <clears throat> I, I mean, I know the answer for me is absolutely. Um, yeah, and part of me feeling that I have, yeah, I, I only ever wanted to feel um, right in my life. And it wasn't like I had huge ambitions. There were, you know, it was just the ambition to feel, um, yeah, just to have a really centered feeling like, oh, this feels, you know, you know, I don't feel like I'm living kind of slightly in a hologram or slightly off kilter. It actually feels like I am in my life. <clears throat> so just be, and yeah, and sorry, I keep going off and then forgetting the question, but just in, yeah, just in that way, um, yeah, I think it took, yeah, it took a long time for me to connect that music and singing was part of me feeling like that because I'd, yeah, I'm, I started on a road as, as being an actor and I think I'm incredibly stubborn where I just think I've come, I've just come this far, I've got to keep going, I've got to keep going. Um, yeah, and, and then I realised actually, I, you know, I don't have to, I can stop. <clears throat> um yeah and you can you know you can face the loss of 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 what you thought your life could be or should be and yeah and you just hope that you the kind of wave pushes you along and you get to survive it and yeah and then new kind of capillaries are, are kind of opened up in your mind it's like a new universe had to um create itself and from that it's yeah so this made sense for me to do this if I would have made I was a different person in my 20s I think I was really yeah I really wanted to be accepted <clears throat> you know and yeah I really wanted to achieve things but it was all kind of exterior stuff but yeah we live in a very um um what's the word oh god <clears throat> I can't even blame it on the wine because I only had a tiny tiny little glass bottle <laughs> Um, yeah, but it's, it had to be this way for me, but, you know, some people might be kind of further on in their emotional, um, growth that they're able to do it in their twenties, but I wasn't. Yeah. If you look at someone like Morrissey, who, you know, at 20 or 21 was doing what he did or the Beatles even. Yes. Or, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know, the Beatles I'm or Ian Curtis, that these people seem to be able to tap into that, yeah. you know, that thing, whether it's the intensity, the darkness, the humor, just the pure artistic expression that seemed so fully born yeah. um, so early on. That wasn't me as a writer. I recognize now that I could write circles around myself even at 35. I mean, I, I think now I'm 51 and it's like, mm. who is that guy? 
so there is something to be said about maybe we're late bloomers, Keely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we bloomed. But we bloomed. It happened. Oh, <laughs> right? Time now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is there, do you feel now that you're tapping into this form of expression, music? Now, do you feel like there's so much I want to do now that I get it and I'm doing it? Like now, I just, I'm on creative fire. Do you? Do you feel that way? Yeah, it does feel like that. I mean, everything kind of feels like it's going downstream. <clears throat> and the reason why I know it, because I've lived that the contrast of it for a long, long time. It's like, okay, this literally feels like I'm just, yeah, letting life, like I, it's, it feels easy in a way. Um, and so, yeah, I am, um, it's, it's kind of quickly how things, it, it's, it's, it's fascinating how quick things are moving and, um, yeah, the stuff that I'm wanting to do, and then it just kind of seems to manifest in itself by people that I meet. Um, I'm working with this really amazing choreographer that, again, kind of just kind of came into my life, kind of <clears throat> perfect timing. Um, you know, not that anything is, you know, you have to focus on work for things. You don't just, I don't just wait and cross my fingers and hope things are going to be okay. But there right. is always an element of activity in these thoughts. Um, and yeah, but I'm, yeah, I'm getting to, yeah, to perform in really amazing spaces with really talented people and yeah, and just, yeah, do what comes, do what comes really natural to me, but in, yeah, bringing all these things together, which I trained for as a kid, like in dance, in singing, in drama and putting them all together, you know, in my forties, making, my own music, singing in my silly low voice that I used to get teased about. And, and people are, you know, and it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the way, I think your voice is astonishing. It's so, <laughs> it, we've had it on in the office all week and I'm just sort of, oh. it is just hypnotic and so beautiful. And it has this kind of dark majesty to it. I just, I love how you sound. Oh, thanks, Alex. It's really, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm saying, yeah, like I agree, but I, I don't, but it's really nice. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And I think also that, like, I always feel that the most anguished person in the world is an artist who doesn't have an outlet. And, yeah. right, like, but you've had the outlet of acting and now there's the outlet of music. So it's almost like, the, the most anguished person is an artist without two outlets. <laughs> so you've got the two. Do you find that you're being fed and nourished in a way that you didn't realize you needed? Yeah, I mean, there was a massive difference in every, in my, you know, yeah, in my health in, in all ways. I mean, I always kind of, you know, I always thought one should be happy, whatever was going on, that, you know, whatever is happening in your life, if you are true, you know, from a kind of Buddhist perspective, if you are truly happy, you just sit in it and you be and you have, and there's peace there. And I used to fight against that because there was never peace. And actually now I'm allowing myself to accept that the peace comes from, because I don't want to think, you know, this is what I should have been doing because if it's taken away from me, I'm what? I'm going to be <clears throat> a mess again and that's really not good enough for an existence you know I would have really felt that I, I'd have not learned and used my time here well but since I have been doing this there's there is really yeah there's an essence of wellness that I can feel like a, almost like a life force being able to run through me now instead of like so yeah 
um, yeah, it's been really nice to yeah to ex to experience, <clears throat> and it and I can't yeah I can't really look back. It's impossible to. And I used to be a person who, you know, would spend so many hours thinking of the past and did I do that right? I should have gone there. I mean, you know. Oh my god. I'd so. <laughs> but what you know yeah. the sliding doors effect. If I'd have just. But it's, and I notice my thoughts because I try and sometimes separate myself from them. I notice my thoughts and it's like, ah, they're just, they're looking out. And I think, oh, you know, I just kind of enjoy it whilst it lasts. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think when you said that, I think every listener went, me too, in terms of thinking about the past and did I do yeah. it right? Did I go to the right places? It's interesting to me how that feels like a kind of form of punishment because the answers are always I didn't do the right thing I didn't go to the right places I, I said the wrong stuff the answers are never affirmative like oh yeah I really nailed that situation like I know. Never. it's never like looking back you know with just like wasn't that great didn't I do the best <laughs> never. thing never never it's, it's never you happened know, and it's so sad because if I was ever you know like having this conversation with you I feel immediately well like I want to just completely reassure you that you are absolutely where you're meant to be you know and that's a you've always got the best advice on your arms kind of out for everyone else but it's like but it's just trying to you know to practice the kindness to ourselves which is yes and I've tried to be, do a kind of Marie Kondo of the past like I'm trying to oh, de yeah. declutter it and not worry about it because I feel like where I've arrived right now it all makes sense um, the, the road was bumpy and unsatisfying and filled <laughs> with tension. Um, but it feels, I'm gratified to have, to be sitting here talking to you. It all feels like, oh, this all, and now it all made perfect novelistic sense when I think about it. Right. Yeah. When yeah. you think about that too, in terms of the past and we beat ourselves up so much, have you just let that go? Have you just stopped doing that? Um, I yeah, I have, I, I now, I now have the tools. I know that when I'm completely locked into stuff that it's like, I, if I feel myself as, you know, a charged entity and if I, it, if I do feel I'm kind of getting like that, I, I have certain things that I turn to like Pina Bausch, who I love, I'll watch just one of her dances and immediately it'll put me into not just a present, but it'll put me into a mindset of like, oh, there's things I need to do. There's things I want to say. Um, so I just kind of have better tools now to navigate myself away from that, that stuff. Um, but, <clears throat> but yeah, I was like the bottom of the class when it came to graduating in that lesson. I mean. Yeah, I know, I just... me too. <laughs> <laughs> right. So please do not, I mean, I'm sat here talking like, but so I just want to make that clear. Yeah, but it's funny because I mean, it would be awful if we were both, you know, like 95 years old um, and in a rest home and going, I still don't get it. <laughs> well, yes, there you go. That's true. Right. That is true. It's okay. It's okay. Were you somebody who was always attracted to edge walkers? You mentioned earlier about your friends, people who are edgy and, and, and edge walky, because I was and I still am. Yeah. And those are my teammates. And those people yeah. have been so important for me, both in terms of 
being comforting and inspiring at the same time and frustrating probably too. <laughs> um, but were, did you have any, like for you, was it easy to find those people early on? Um, not as easy as what I thought. And actually, weirdly in the acting industry that you, you kind of have to really dig to find them. Um, and and I, yeah, I don't know why that is. I don't know, uh, you know, there's, there's, an, there's an, an amazing kind of, um ability to present yourself very well as an actor so it's harder to find within your peers in that kind of industry um but i managed yeah i did manage to find them um because i just yeah i, I think i just really enjoy recognizing something in someone and being able to kind of like hold it up to them and say you know the thing that you think makes you awkward or it's so amazing <clears throat> so yeah I think it's really selfish for me that's why I like trying to find these people just so I can kind of hold a mirror up and go it's just yeah I find it incredible how the you know how you do these things or how and yeah it's like yeah I've got yeah friends who I've seen like they've heard it for the first time when someone says you know you think you're this or but it's just beautiful and it's like, wow. Yeah, so that's, you know, I I don't want to be around people who are kind of, you know, well-rounded and per uh, perfect in their own eyes. It's like, well, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I yeah, know. you know, it's just, <laughs> yeah, I like to, yeah, I do. It's just kind of, yeah, I, I like to have my, my, my friends of, um, you know, daft, daftness. But that's a good thing about, I mean, I'm sure I'm making a huge generalization now, but <clears throat> coming from the North in, in Manchester, there is a particular sense of humor, which is is really, yeah, it's, re it's a real kind of healing thing to have. It's just self-deprecation at its, you know, yeah, when you can laugh at yourself. And that's what I like to do. And it's one of those things where if your parents had told you, you know, all the things that you think are weird about you or not, not the same as everybody else, those are beautiful things. Those are remarkable things. They could have told you that a billion times and it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. Right? That's, yeah. Yeah. You got to find it out for yourself. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it is. It's true. And I see that now, now I've, you know, being a mom myself and yeah, I kind of see that actually that, yeah, as parents, we think we have all this influence, but it's, yeah, it's really, yeah, you're, you're just kind of sharing a life with someone, if that, and that, you know, yeah, they're absolutely doing their own thing, which is good. Yeah, because you can't change the people that your kids are attracted to as friends, um, right? You just can't. You can't say, hey, they aren't edgy enough. <laughs> <laughs> Those people are too well-rounded. <laughs> Bring over some broken toys. Right? Yeah. Oh gosh, I know. Um, but I was re my my elder seems to have gravitated towards the 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 kids that really want to do well. That are kind of you know really bookish, and I'm just like, oh, I'm so pleased about that. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. And it's ter that's terrible again. Big big generalizations because I wasn't I, I wasn't like that at all. Um, yeah, yeah, I wasn't, but that doesn't, I mean, 
no one wants to compare themselves to me but <laughs> um yeah do you find as a mom that you reverse engineer and think did i say the right thing did all the thing we were talking about before about reflecting about yourself do you find that you tend to revise in your brain like oh i shouldn't have done that i shouldn't have said that or or, or is that just something you've let that go too yeah i mean con constantly but it is what yeah what i am trying to do is just <clears throat> to um to make sure that what i feel and what I think really matters as well because I think it's really easy as you know as a parent or, or in a, any any close bonds that you that you kind of create with someone it's I sometimes yeah I really have to remind myself and push myself to go Keely what what do you what do you want you know make sure you get what you want and if you don't want to get involved in this conversation or if you you haven't got the right answers, you haven't got the right things to say, then yeah, I, I've, I've become better at just kind of looking after myself, even where my own children are concerned. <laughs> but, that, but that's a healthy boundary to have. Yeah, I th yeah, it seems, I think so, because the, uh, yeah. Yeah, I do, I think so, because I feel like, especially as I've got older, I feel like I'm just trying to reclaim a lot of things, you know? So, yeah, and that, going back to the feeling thing, I can't sometimes articulate it, but it feels better and I trust how I feel. Mm. So, you know, until I'm told otherwise, <laughs> it's, <laughs> which will, you know, which will, which will happen. I'll get blamed for lots of things, but hopefully by then, I'll be too really old and too old to care, <laughs> not just a little <laughs> bit old and care a little bit. Um, Tell me more about the reclaiming, because I, I I love that sort of line of thinking. And can you explain what you mean in terms of like reclaiming parts of yourself? Yeah, yeah, reclaiming the yeah the permission to live how I live how it sounds easy and live how you want to live because I didn't know how that was for a long time. But yeah, just reclaiming um, <clears throat> yeah my myself my identity not necessarily just as, as a female but just re, yeah just reclaiming just yeah just because I am a female in a kind of patriarchal society it doesn't mean that I have to act and I because it's so embedded I have to always remind myself and just reclaim who I am outside of what I'm expected to be and do and it's the same with <clears throat> yeah with the music making the second album the you know in the third album which I've which I've done there are times when you think oh maybe I'll do this and it and that you know and you just have to take a moment and go no I need to absolutely be truthful whether it sounds dreadful whether yeah there's I, I'm really just trying to soak up as much truth as yeah as possible. So it's just kind of yeah the reclaiming of your own space in the world, that tiny tiny little space. I stand alone. I am not listening. Broken under the oak, waiting for the world to fall.
quiet in the dark I, I struggle to make out your face I struggle to find your love In the dark I struggle organically or was that a conscious decision where you one day you said I need to start thinking like this or did it just sort of organically start to be a way of thinking um yeah I think <clears throat> I think it did I think it's just um yeah you just you, you just get a, a, a bit more aware of the people again like when we were talking almost about the tribes that the people that we surround ourselves with you just get a, yeah you your environment does have an effect so you kind of um, so the only conscious thing is, I suppose, con the where you want to place yourself and who and who with. So, you know, the friends that you're around, you go, yeah, these are, um, yeah, these fears. So I suppose that them are the only real decisions that we can, um, yeah, that we can make. But um, it has been a yeah, it's been a long, it's been a long time, it's been a long time coming, because. I've I've felt the opposite to this for many 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 years, so you know maybe it's like one of those <clears throat> when you're pulling an arrow back that the tension gets so mm. that actually just from the amount of time and pressure that it's regained strength, it's gained strength just because you know it's been pulled back for so long. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> and then the release of that must be incredibly gratifying. Yeah, it's, it really, it really is. But weirdly now, I kind of don't allow myself to, I kind of have this, I've noticed this thing where I don't ever get, like, 
I, I try and keep a really balanced emotion. I don't mm. ever try and lose myself emotionally like, oh my God, this is great. And therefore don't do the opposite. I just, even when things are happening where if you'd have said years ago, it would have just completely been blown my mind. I just go, okay. I don't kind of, yeah, go, oh my God, this is amazing. Because I just know that that's, you know, it, yeah. So I try and just be really consistent with like, yeah, that's, this is, you know, it's a nice thing. Um, yeah, you, okay. So I've, I'm in the same place as you. Um, and I've noticed that in the last couple of years where like the exultant highs, right? Yeah. I'm sort of like, I take them very much in stride and also yeah. the lows very much in stride. And it yeah. feels, it feels to me like I'm not as reactionary to good news or bad news. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that actually feels strangely good not to be, not to be like, woof, 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 you know, that's not <laughs> happening. Yeah, I know. And, and again, it's like, you know, coming back to this kind of agency that we have as human beings, I never knew that that was something that I can actually ad adapt to, adopt to and learn and be, you know, it's like, ah, I do have a choice. I have a choice how I behave and how I use this. Um, yeah, so that's, that does kind of feel, it's a bit annoying for anyone, you know, like when they're trying to give me good news and I'm just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, like i'm trying to tell you that you got this part you won this thing you're going to play this show yeah and like, i go oh, oh okay yeah and then i have to tell it tell them because i'm you know i've adopted this newfound cool <laughs> right right but it's not it's life. not a posture though right like it really is because i'm i'm dealing with this too and i love it it's not, it's not affecting a stance. It really does feel like the most natural way to react. Yeah, yeah, it really, it, it, yeah, it really does. Um, yeah, it does. Yeah, I put the kind of, um, yeah, the pretense or the drama in a box. Um, yeah. Right. And also the, in that box as well, at least in my box, is my ego. I put the ego in the box and that was the key. <clears throat> That's so true, because that is the that is the side of yourself that just loves to hear all these things, whether whatever they are. And, and I totally agree with that. Yeah, I really do. Yeah. The, the death of the ego is a really painful one. But <laughs> It is. It has to go. <laughs> it's painful, but I was really happy to see him go. Yeah. Yeah. It's really happy not to have to deal with that guy anymore. Because, I know. because an ego is a bucket with a hole in it, right? Like, yeah, this. You're not filling it. Yeah. That is so true. Right? Yeah. I, I, when my, my book, uh, I read this book of poems that came out and I did a reading Yeah. and this woman came up to me afterwards and she just, it was embarrassing. It was like 10 minutes of telling me how much she loved this book. Right. And it was really kind. And she was so genuine and she was so, she was explaining why it was so important to her. And I left and I went, God, I could have used a little more. Hmm. And I thought, what? Like, 
how much longer could she have gone on? Like she gave you 50 years worth. Like no one deserves that much praise for a couple of poems. And that was when I first realized like, okay, your ego is, will never be fed enough. Feed me Seymour, right? It's like, it's not going to ever be fed enough. And that to me was where I went, time to go. Time for that guy to go. Yeah. And do you think, do you think actually that is enough to recognize something, to just recognize it and then it can, you can give it the chance to disappear because how do you get rid of, when I have read, you know, when you say like, how do you overcome these things or get rid of them? And a lot of people do advise that it is just acknowledging that that is there. And is that enough for it to disappear? Or I think so. Acknowledging it. Lesson. Yeah, I think that is. And I think that because I halfway through the drive home, I, I, I got embarrassed with myself. I went, what is wrong with you? Like, what more do you need? Um, that was an embarrassing moment where I couldn't just take it and, and realize like, this is a beautiful moment where someone's telling you something that affected them. And instead I went, I could have used a little more. And I thought, what, that is crazy. Because I realized you it's almost like someone who wants to save money only it's like you're never going to save enough money where you're going to be happy where you're, right mm. it's always it's a, yeah, it's yeah. a fool's errand right um and the ego is the same way and for me that was where yeah i think acknowledging it and just going that is getting in the way of of, of the way you're enjoying your life and interpreting your life um i gotta tell you that the banishment of the ego has been the most freeing marvelous thing yeah <clears throat> no i can come yeah i can completely um resonate with that yeah i do have to remind myself of these things a lot maybe it is it's like if it's something that you know when you go to the gym and you haven't used that muscle for a long time you've just got to keep you know you work at it and then you can just keep going back kind of incrementally but not as um um full on but yeah yeah, it's really nice to be reminded of that. So thank you. And doesn't it also free the way for more creative energy where you go, oh, the ego's gone. Now we can really play. Yeah, yeah. It and I've noticed that actually, because um, I think even with the, the limbs record that, <clears throat> you know, there was, I, I record most of my stuff at home and there's times and and I go, but you know, but I really wasn't showing off my voice the way I know I can do, and I've and I've come to really have a my argument to that is I, I had to really fight to keep something on the record, and it was when my voice was quite weak and I didn't hit the note, but it was like I knew that when I was doing it, it felt truthful, and that has become more important than you know. But don't you want to show your best? But I've become, um, yeah. I'm very, yeah, I'm very good at telling the ego that that actually means nothing to me anymore. And yeah, I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather do something, but going back to, I think, to what we were saying about not feeling like nothing and no one, in a good sense, I'd rather just do something because I'm doing it just for me. How did, how I felt making it, that's what I'm doing it for. <clears throat> so therefore, I'm, it shouldn't mean anything to anyone because I felt it when I, you know, and that's enough. So, yeah, but maybe I would like to release a record where I actually do, you know, really use my ego voice. <laughs> <laughs> what would that sound like? Oh gosh, I've no value. Oh, 
<laughs> well, I, you know, it's funny. I, when I listen to the music, like your stuff for me, I listening to it with other people around didn't feel right to me. I want, it felt so private and it felt like I wanted it for myself, you know, um, mm. these kinds of moving kind of nightscapes and they're, there's such muscle and vulnerability happening at the same time in your music. And I just, I just find it transfixing. And, you know, it feels like a private experience. Like I want to be experiencing it on my own. And I think like playing live and of course, you know, you said you recorded these at home and there's a darkness and an intensity performing it to a public, a public group. Um, how does that feel to you? Because that, that feels like taking something so private and making it so public. It's an interesting transition. Yeah, I suppose when I'm kind of <clears throat> when you say it like that, it does, it does seem to be. But actually, weirdly, the experience of it and the reality, and, and it's been a surprise to me, has been so different. The performing on it of of the stuff, and I'm in the middle of rehearsing for the yeah, for the tour, is just yeah it completely eclipses everything it's so it's where the music lives in the body in the movement in the performance in the live spectacle of it and I think um yeah this is where my life as an actor again is coming in to make sense that it's a theater performance I love the theater I love this yeah the framing of you know we walk the same as like when I said about coming into the studio in and out of of work, you know, the intention that you have when you sit down. And I was really, I was clear if I could have, uh, you know, I know I'm at the beginning of my career, but I, I said to the agent who was booking the venues that it was kind of important to me that it was a fixed stage, that it was framed, mm. that there were, it was a performance. You sit down and you are intentionally viewing <clears throat> something that is an hour and a half, there's and it's there's no breaks the curtain goes up and then it, it you know and i'm on stage singing the whole time there's no breaks it is a performance piece it's a theater piece um and that's yeah and when i was so when i was recording the initial album i had no idea that this would happen and it was so exciting to that when i started to perform it it was like oh my gosh this we're just at the start of something it felt for me yeah the performance and the not necessarily the audience, but yeah, the living it is so good and so vital to the music. Um, I'm usually, you know, kind of, I take on kind of these positions so I don't really um, engage as, you know, with the audience in this sense, in this kind of human kind of, you know, looking at them sense. Yeah, I just, but it's very much, I don't try and make, I don't try and pretend that they're not there, but, um, but yeah, I, I really, I really love it. So it weirdly makes sense. Yeah. Even the music is intimate. I don't know. Do you feel protected by the performative element? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And when I talk of the singer, it is, it's her, it's a voice. Um, and again, that wasn't something that I decided to do. Um, but that's, but I think there must, underneath that, there must be an element of, yeah, protection and freedom that comes, yeah, that comes from that. Um, yeah, it's definitely, and it also allows me, you know, to finish the, these intense stuff, to finish the song and be able to literally lift my head up 
bow, laugh my head off and go and have a glass of wine. I mean, it's gone, you know. Right, right, <laughs> right. And that that is, I'm fascinated by that moment where the switch just goes, right? And it's like, I'm back to being somebody's mom again. Yeah. I'm back to being yeah. a civilian in the world again. Um, yeah, and I really, I do really love that feeling. Do you, I mean, what, what is it like for you? Do you kind of have that yourself where you feel that you go into a certain place? I do. Come out of it, yeah. I do, I mostly feel that way as a, as a professor. So if I, if I teach a class and I see one of my students in the grocery store, I'm like, who am I? I, I, I can't, I can't <laughs> become that guy again. It's hard for yeah. me um, because there's a performative element to teaching as well. Yeah, And totally. so I totally get that. And I, I remember I've said this before. I remember hearing Sherry Seinfeld say that he, when he's done performing, he'll go splash water on his face to turn back into himself, right? Cold water, yeah. and here I am again. Um, and David Bowie was really brilliant for a lot of different reasons, but one of the most brilliant things is that David, you know, they, oh, David Bowie could shapeshift. It's like, yeah, but David Bowie wasn't even David Bowie. He had changed his name, right? David Bowie isn't even a real person. So he can yeah. superimpose anything he wanted on that persona. Um, and so evidently he was quite normal off stage because it was all a performance. Even David Bowie was a performance, which is just brilliant. Yeah. Um, so, but, it's, I, but I'm interested to hear yeah, what you're saying about flicking that switch and sort of saying like the performance is over. Yeah, because I, I remember like when I was when I was a kid and I wanted to be in, um, <clears throat> I wanted to move to London to, um, yeah, to perform on the theatre and it would have been, you know, in musicals, musical theatre, that kind of thing. It was just about the voice performing with an orchestra. That's what I was always interested in. But actually what really I loved about that lifestyle that I projected, you know, kind of when I was young, what I would like to do. The thing that I used to love was the moment when I would imagine myself um, like on the tube home knowing that I'd done something but I was but I was in that moment of it's gone it's over there and I'm just like no one knows but you, you know so it was weird that actually what used to really fascinate me was like the moments kind of like in yeah in the dressing room or walking out of the stage door into the cold having just performed it was those moments of <clears throat> you know that like yeah, I've let go of all these, yeah, these, this build-up, these things I wanted to do and achieve. I've, I've kind of left them somewhere, and I can just be completely free for the, you know, for that night. And so maybe it's the same thing. And I do really love the moment of, yeah, you, you take a bow after it, and it's just like, oh, yeah, it feels really good. Yeah, and I think that the catharsis is in the completion, knowing that it's been completed, <clears throat> right? Yeah, and you can just be your, yeah, you're just kind of, there is moments of it, you can just kind of be yourself without, you know, like the angst of what you were talking about before, without the without a slight merge of like, um, wanting to just express something, it's just done and it feels then so clean, it's like coming out of, you know, freshly coming out of that shower, it's just like, you're just so you without anything else put on yes. you. It's like, it's like completely unadulterated. It's like, it's, it is the most pure essence of you. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe that's why I, I just, I just want to ride the tube home 
and you know yeah kind of lose yourself in the crowd of people knowing that you've just done something kind of a little bit special for yourself do you find that you would categorize yourself as an introvert or do you think of yourself as being more extroverted I can be both really yeah <clears throat> yeah. yeah I can yeah I can be um um yeah I do I love I do really like meeting people and and I will even when even when I feel like even when I wasn't kind of very well and I felt that really I should just be quiet it just I was so always so aware that I just had to give in a social setting you know I had to give it was my duty to be there for people to listen to start conversations to be active in the room so yeah do you think of the illness that you were that you were dealing with is has that now become largely symbolic looking back um yeah I, su I suppose so I mean it taught it it yeah, it's weird saying taught me or I kind of learned like these things, you know, should be aspired to because, <clears throat> um, yeah, again, you know, in that kind of way of staying clear of like the Joy Division or artists who declared suffering as part of what they did. I, I never believe, I, I personally won't kind of romanticize these things. Um, because it doesn't matter who you are, you you live, you suffer, you make choices, you it does, you know. <clears throat> but um, but that's yeah. They kind of when I wasn't well, it, ha it has really become. I re yeah, it's really become an anchor in the things that I do from this point. Um, yeah, because I just yeah, there's a part of me that is a little bit um, immovable which I didn't know, you know, there's like, and it, I wouldn't call it, it's not strength, it's not weakness, it's not, but there's a part of me that is so like um, still and anchored in and holds on at times. And, and it's like, you know, wow, I was really impressed. I mean, impressed again, there's no, that all could change and it could be different next time, <clears throat> but, yeah, I got to know a part of myself, which I've really loved, which I brought into the present, which is, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, you get through, you just, you get through stuff. And I really, yeah, admired myself for that. Because the, that immovability, that element that wouldn't move, that sort of stubborn, that there's strength to that. And I think that yeah. right, you come out of that and you go, oh, I'm like pretty strong in ways I suspected maybe. Yeah, yeah, completely. And, <clears throat> and even, you know, if people make other choices or it takes them on different paths, you know, I'm always kind of wary that it doesn't make us kind of obviously any less strong, but it's like all I ever want, I just want to know the workings of myself like who I you know what is the truth of that and that kind of felt that it was a certain truth that I saw about myself which I was really happy to accept um and that and that truth does totally help me in in my life now I found this is a confession to you and to my <laughs> listeners I got to joy division at around 44 
I avoided them my whole life. And I think I avoided them because they sort of scared me a little bit in the sense that I didn't think I was strong enough to handle that that much darkness. Um, I, of course, I was familiar with with who you know with Love Rotaris Apart and the whole deal, and I was a big New Order fan. Um, but you can see why New Order was much easier to swallow than than yeah, the intensity yeah. of Joy Division. When I finally got to Joy Division, I was ready for it, and I could absorb it, and I could I could take it in and have perspective on it, and and I think they're amazing. For you, when you finally got to Joy Division, how did it land for you? How was it? <clears throat> yeah, it's it's funny because now I find myself. It's like I grew up not far from Macclesfield, where Ian Curtis grew up, and I find myself kind of again, you know, kind of getting drawn into this whole thing of like, well, I was born not far, so maybe there was like this kind of weird connect, you know. And again, it's the ego trying to connect. Um, but but yeah, it makes there's something so immediate, which kind of reminds, you know, it's definitely that kind of Manchester industrial sound. And I, and I feel it is in my blood. It's like, I hear it and I'm sure, but it's just, yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of like um, better than Gorecki. It's but I mean, it's the most, it just completely moves me to the core. Um, but I'm also aware that, you know, yeah there's there's was obviously I mean the you know the poetry is is wonderful and beautiful and there's there I've got a local books bookstore and they have <clears throat> I picked up a book and um it was just showing his his writings it was kind of you know they were just kind of scanned and showed his kind of early writings and they were really beautiful to see although it does kind of feel a little bit intrusive and I don't really like kind of doing that but um, I didn't buy the book, I was just kind of looking through it. But there's a part of me, they just, yeah, I can't help but be that boring older person that just thinks, yeah, the music is incredible, but it's at the center of it was someone with mental illness that could have needed and uh, needed help and could have gotten help. Yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah, that's also, but I can separate, you know, the, yeah, I can separate the two, but um yeah having mental illness is something that no one should ever have to go through especially alone and that really yeah that really kills me that part of it that anyone has to suffer like that because it's an awful suffering but well there, there is no but um so when I was strong enough to yeah to actually look at it yeah it's yeah it's just like the best parts of existence really it's just everything it's just absolutely it's yeah it's beauty and even how you know how he moves and dances is just like yeah you understand it that you just kind of understand um yeah I just wish that no one had to kind of go through depression and all that because yeah it's never worth it no it's a heavy experience to take in the work of the Curtis. it's it's haunting and beautiful and powerful and um and so what's interesting for me is I also came really late to the fall. And what I love about the fall, another Manchester band, is the balance of that intensity with humor. And which is what I always loved about the Smiths is that like, these are really sad, you know, really dark, but really funny songs. And the fall to me had that sort of perfect balance of intensity and just so funny and so smart. 
um, there's levity in that sort of muscular intensity. And I do like that. Yeah, um, yeah. How do you feel about humor sort of seeping into the work? Like, do you, are you aware of sort of keeping yeah. it made? Or how do you, how do you deal with humor? No, I really kind of, because it reminds me of like the, the Antonin Artaud, that, you, you know, the Artaud, the thing, the theater of cruelty, where it's very, you know, and, and I, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I definitely like that kind of almost like the surreal performances of you are performing, you are taking on that role of someone who is, you know, a bit of an ass in like, um, it, yeah, and I think it's, but you can, for me, I can always like trace these things back to certain areas of where people would have got their inspiration from. Um, and then I can, yeah, then I can, appreciate it when it feels like an art form but when it feels like someone who again is abusing themselves not taking care of themselves I've got very little time for people now that are just continue to make bad decisions for themselves yeah and and, and that's I mean yeah I don't mean that that sounded really judgmental but again you know yeah I, I'm not, I'm, I'm just not very, I know the fall, the fall are amazing and I'd completely get everything that they've done, you know, in the decisions and performances and the, the radical choices. Um, but <clears throat> again, at the core of it is just someone who lived badly. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that ain't, I ain't really interested in that. I know, and that's that's the struggle because I think that there comes a point in the work of the fall, where you go, he's crossed the line into somebody who's not healthy anymore. Like, right? Yeah, I right. just think, you know, I'm not kind of cheering at the front. I'm just like, okay, is anyone helping here? Um, but yeah, but I'm boring. No, you're not boring. <laughs> you're not boring. There's. <laughs> That's the last word I would use to describe you. There, there is a, I think there's a romanticism that when we're younger, where I looked at the fall and I went, that guy's dangerous. And oh smart. God, yes. Right. But as I get older and I looked at him and I went, he is not well. And he has managed to sort of, he has a real working class approach to his work. So he just kept doing it. I mean, even to the end in a wheelchair, literally yeah. dying. Um, and that is not a pleasant thing to watch as a fan that was uncomfortable yeah and I've seen you know when he was super young and he was just so oh I mean he was incredible and you don't lose that and, and of course it's no one's business how anyone lives their life it's up to him but yes yeah, so so like tuned in and and intellectually kind of just absolutely on it and it's like oh god I, you know as a kind of another human being sharing the planet with him. I really just wanted more of that. I, I really could have learned a lot from this guy who was completely like switched on. You know, had he stayed switched on? How do you stay switched on? It, well, I mean, it, I imagine it, it probably uh, brings you to life and kills you at the same time. <laughs> yeah, 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 maybe. Yeah, maybe there's just too in much intensity in it. You can't sustain it. You do it and yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, we well, are right. The life of an artist. How do you, how does an artist live a life that is where you look back? They, you know, like if you look at Picasso, you think like he lived to be what, 95 or whatever it might be, or, you know, how, like an aging artist is a really interesting 
thing to think about, you know, where you think like, who does like Tom Waits, I think has pulled it off beautifully. Yes. Right? Yeah. 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 But there is a, yeah, he does, you can, you can imagine, yeah, that he allows himself to have a life kind of outside of the, of the work. So then the work stays contained and, you know, you don't get tired because he's, you know, he steps into, yeah, another kind of mindset and persona as Tom Waits, I think. Yeah. Are, do you find that the art that you're attracted to now, uh, especially like in a sort of a pandemic type era, are you attracted to darker work or are you attracted to more upbeat work, whether it's music or stuff that you're taking in for yourself, music or TV or movies? <clears throat> yeah, always darker work, but I find real kind of, um, yeah, I find, um, it's like my gran used to always say, you know, why, you know, no wonder you're always depressed, you always listen to really depressing music. And I would try and explain that actually, that's when I feel like most in love. It's like that feeling that you think that I'm listening to, it just kind of opens up something in my solar plexus that just feels like love. And actually, when I'm listening to this so-called dark stuff, it's, it's, I, I'm, you know, I'm really happy. It feels like it's really good. And there is still that, you know, yeah, I like, I, I like to some to just kind of sometimes have moments where I go, okay, I'm gonna cry for a bit because I just I find that really kind of releasing. And it's the same, yeah, with music that just allows you to sink. It's like, oh, this is so good. So I'm all yeah, I'm always more um yeah, but you're nodding like you agree. You're kind of almost more attractive. Yeah, because kind of because it's like that <laughs> with that Smith's line, like I wear black on the outside because black is how I feel on the inside. Well, I mean, yes, this right? is my uniform. Black <laughs> right. suit, that's it. Right. And but there's a joy in that. Like to yeah. to the to some person, the casual observer would go, Oh, that means they're depressed. And it's like, no, that means that like like you're saying that I'm alive. That's what I feel. Yeah. I'm, I'm honoring what it is that I'm actually feeling. You know, yeah. Um, I can't, I can't go to a Bon Jovi concert because that, that's not how I feel. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I'm totally with you. I mean, I do have to listen to a lot of different music now with my children playing. <clears throat> yeah, their songs, and I really try and find. And I think maybe you, do you think this singer is maybe going through some really bad stuff? That's why she's making this music. And they're like, no, no, she's just you know broke up with a boyfriend and she's really happy about it. And I think <laughs> you think is she happy or it's like I, I need I need. I teach act, I teach acting class at a music college and they come to me with scripts and it's like it's kind of got a bit of a joke now where I always say okay do it again but imagine that this person has just you know kind of had the worst news they're about they've, they've just you know they're, they're in the middle of a breakdown and they're like why does everything have to be about like psychological breaking why not I mean <laughs> It's more interesting. That's yeah, a you know, compelling reason. It's like when I get my students to cry, then I really feel that it's been a great lesson. And just, yeah, it's the same thing with me teaching writing, where it's sort of like teaching people to plumb the depths is really. It, it, I, I try to look. It makes the writing more interesting, and the unwillingness yeah. at first to do it, like I don't want to write about that, and then when they sort of do, sort of open up that vein and get in there they are writing about painful things but they are so happy to do it once they do it yes yeah 
because an emotion is just you know we're so scared of feel and I was for a long time scared of kind of feeling you know bad about stuff but it is just yeah it's no different than laughing your head off with your best friend it's just these are our emotions that are there to just be had and that's it not like you know <laughs> I like laughing at my own sentences <laughs> I, think, I think you and I have the same record collection Kelly <laughs> If we, we've definitely ascertained that uh, yeah. and probably our bookshelves are very similar too I should um, imagine, yeah. <laughs> right um are you do you have the happy problem now of trying to figure out how to balance music performance um recording with acting and is that sort of a an interesting balance for you have you figured that yeah, out a little bit I mean things are um getting a kind of a little bit well not crazy busy it's just uh, obviously just with them not not much stuff been going on in 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 the kind of immediate past it just feels very busy um yeah the um when i don't really go for acting roles anymore just because i try and convince people that i'm just not right for it and i'm really not the person to do this before it gets kind of any further just because it doesn't apart from me needing to pay my rent um but yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah, going from, it just kind of with, even with the interactions, going from interacting with kind of musicians, music people to agents and casting directors and directors to, you know, yeah, and even in my, in my life as a, yeah, as a teacher, it's, I just have to make sure that, yeah, I don't get, <clears throat> yeah, too complicated in, in my head. With, with that stuff um but I'm working towards yeah I'm working towards trying to she says you know yeah trying to have the music and performance as a full-time yeah it's the only thing that I, I I would do I mean it would make sense for me to make a um yeah to have a theater company that was kind of something that I'd like to do it would make sense to have a place so you can get you know funding to make stuff so it's not always my stuff but it's working mm. with other people um yeah and then i wouldn't have to kind of flit around so much i think but that's for you know when i'm older <laughs> <laughs> no. well it sounds good uh to be in a theater with fellow edge walkers i think would be a lovely, lovely oh yeah that would yeah that would be the dream yeah um your album is remarkable your music i just love it so much oh and, alex you know that's really kind thank you and i feel you know yeah it's been a bit crazy but no, normally i would have looked into your stuff so it kind of feels like a you know an equal collaborative conversation oh. and i'm sorry i didn't have chance to Oh, no, no, well, please. I've I really enjoyed your company, which is what it's all about. Thank you for saying that. I enjoyed yours as well. And I hope, uh, I hope. well, let's just not hope. Let's just do this again. Yeah, I would love that. Okay, we'll continue this conversation to be continued. Uh, I think you're just absolutely marvelous. And, um, and we'll talk soon. Yeah, well, same. Well, um, lots of love. Have a wonderful day. Can keep continuing to wear black for all us lots. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
Thank you, Keely. Yes, thank you so much. Lots of love. Bye. bring her back i promise wasn't she great keely forsyth the album is limbs the website keelyforsyth.com it's three e's and keely by the way no not k-e-e-e k-e-e-l-e-y forsyth.com i know that you knew where all the e's went i was just teasing you AlexGreenOnline.com is where you need to go to find out what's happening with me. BombshellRadio.com will tell you everything you need to know about our radio station. And if you're feeling social media inclined, please follow me on Twitter at Ember's Editor or on Instagram at Ember's Podcast or just email me, editor, at StereoEmbersMagazine.com. Lots of notes lately. Always fun to hear from you. Don't forget that Stereo Embers, the podcast, is available on all podcast platforms. Go to the one that you use, subscribe, rate, and review. Tell all your friends we would appreciate it. Let's close the show with a longer listen to Bring Me Water by Keely Forsyth from her fabulous new album, Limbs. Enjoy it. Thank you, as always, for listening to Stereo Embers, the podcast, only right here on Bombshell Radio.